Well, welcome everybody to the 108th episode of the Party Invite show. I'm your host, Tegan, joined by Vilos. That's me. And Sovereign. Hello. Most of you see us every Thursday night, same time, uh, you know, same channel. Uh, we play a whole lot of games. We play a game stream together, typically. Uh, last week, we, we had uh, kind of a Oops All Games stream, and uh, we enjoyed that. We appreciate everybody who stuck around to explore some games last week. In fact, we tried two brand new games on stream, now that I'm thinking about it. Revisited some others. Uh, Dan, now that I'm really thinking about it, I think we played, we played like four or five different games since our last show. Uh, here on Twitch. That feels good. Um, yeah, and, and uh, we're talking about, uh, we've got Odysseus in chat, Nerdstead in chat, both people who uh, here on Twitch have been uh, on their own heroic journey, one might say. Uh, you guys have both been, been doing wonderful things, not only in our community, uh, in our Discord, where we got lots of wonderful people grouping up to try new games, uh, where otherwise, you know, if you didn't have a squad, you wouldn't be able to. We've got some survival games on the horizon. Uh, let's start off the show like we always do with Blissin' Up, something that made us smile, something that made me smile this week. Last Friday, we played a new survival game. We played uh, Dead Frontier 2. It wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, but that's not the thing that made me smile. What made me smile is we had six of us jump into this free-to-play game pretty close to impromptu. There wasn't a lot of planning that went into it. We all just hopped on. We said, whatever it is, we're going to give it a shot. Well, you know what? It was goofy and strange, but that was really fun to be able to just go in cold, having no idea really what to expect. Uh, I appreciate our community for that. Uh, even, you know what, yesterday, if I got another blissin' up, uh, yesterday I was about to hop on my computer, and we often have a lot of people hanging out in our Discord server. And a lot of people, uh, you know, I, even I feel this way, uh, I don't always want to be the first one to show up somewhere, right? You want to see the people are there and you want to join them. So in voice chat, you don't always want to be the first person there if, if there's no plan, you know, pre-planned to hang out or something. Yesterday, I'm about to hop in my computer uh, in my chair and load up Discord to do whatever I'm going to do. But instead, I'm in the kitchen. I'm making myself, uh, you know, a drink and uh, I pop into Discord. And I couldn't have been in there 15 seconds. And immediately, Odysseus and Deadpool are in there beside me. We're chatting. We're already figuring out some game that we're going to play. And I had never in my life has it ever been that easy to connect in voice chat with, with any other people. So I got I to gotta shout that out. That just really made me smile. It felt uh, wonderful to to feel like there were people right there. It was like they were, <laughs> it's like opening your front door when someone's holding up their, their fist to knock, you know? <laughs> so that made me smile. Like waiting, just like watching like a hawk. Right. Just I'm like, like, are you guys staring at this voice channel? <laughs> like I just joined. Like what are the odds? So that was good. When um, they go join that, mm, let's see. Oh, there he is. Get him. <laughs> Uh, how about you guys? You both got uh, stuff written here. And I, like I said before the show, I mean, there's tons of trailers and games out right now. I mean, there's there's just stuff falling all over the place to be enjoyed. Going into a good gaming season, I think. Yeah, mine is a, a quick one, but uh, very emotional for me. That's uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3's 
Uh, Wave 4 DLC was just out of nowhere. Uh, Shadow dropped the release date, which happens to be next Tuesday. Um, Just Nintendo straight up all balls, like just completely. They're just like, you know what? You like Xenoblade? Fuck you. (laughs) Like there was literally nothing saying that this was coming, Um, you know, because being a Switch faithful, you hear rumors about everything constantly and you have to drown that shit out. Um, but yeah, there was nobody knew. It just happened. A uh, fucking three minute trailer with a release date uh, and then a series of posts from uh, Japan's uh, Xenoblade Twitter and Nintendo's uh, main Twitter. Just just random shit. Because um, every time a Xeno game releases, they have to do like new character uh, announcements and stuff like that. And they just started piling it on both, both Twitters. So the, the Japanese only and Nintendo itself. Uh, and it was just wild. It was the Xenoblade community coming back, uh, back into the fold and just everybody talking about Xeno three for a solid 12 straight hours. Um, the, the biggest people in the community uh, were doing reaction videos like, for hours hours afterwards uh and it was just fun seeing everybody's reaction because the whole thing is that it that's it's the the finality of the Zeno trilogy right now and we don't know what's next and this this is a dlc that's a 20 plus hour game yeah like it's it's its own thing uh at the same time that it's it's the conclusion of everything and we just we just learned about new characters, we fell in love with new characters, and it's going to be the best thing that happens next week. I was I was going to go to the, the NFL draft, but with how apeshit KC is, and uh, and with the, the rules and stuff that are, that are going down, and just the congestion that the city is going to have, I was like, you know, nah. I took the day off uh, for Thursday, so I will have time to play Zeno, so... <laughs> Um, game day yeah. I, i'm foregoing foregoing football on that on that particular day but oh no what a loss <laughs> <laughs> you know it the thing is that it, it still would be fun to be there but holy shit the the whole thing is that it's sixty thousand people is what the official event is rated for or whatever like the, the stage and, and everything that they have built and stuff and they're already estimating uh 300,000 plus people. Uh, 100,000 people have uh, registered on the app, which is what is required to actually get into the draft, uh, the draft experience. And it's like, I ain't about that right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't care if it doesn't come back to KC for 20 years, even though it, it'll probably be back in KC in less than 10 years, the way everything's going. Unless, you know, shit goes down. But yeah, that Zeno is like the thing that's going to be my entire next week. So uh, you're going to have fun hearing about that. Yep. Yeah, boy. How many I... cat girls have been introduced? One new cat girl. Yes. Actually. So, yeah, um, with the potential with the potential of another. Oh, potentially. Whoa. Potential. This is kind of bittersweet, isn't it? Because like it's a new it's new stuff. Right. But also. It like marks the end of an era almost, would you say? Like it's crazy how far 
the, the series has come since it was released stateside. Literally, what we what we uh, theorized about and everything the whole time for Zeno Three and what was uh, confirmed in the trailer, the characters in Wave Four DLC of Xenoblade Chronicles Three are generations uh, generation. Um, why am I losing it? Descendants of the OG characters and the OG characters are also in it. Playable. That's cool. So we get to see playable like 30 year old <laughs> hot daddy Rex like <laughs> playable Rex from Xeno 2 playable Shulk from Xeno 1 yes and their descendants. Wait adult Shulk? Yeah no you're gonna fucking love it yeah <laughs> he's he's also daddy like, he's daddy in his own way this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sav, you are not ready for this. Oh man, I'm excited Absolutely for not. you. I speak for the entire community <laughs> when I say that we love how excited you are. You know, I'm gonna cry so fucking much on Tuesday, and however long it takes me to finish it. Can you live stream back. the whole thing? You're like, okay. no. <laughs> I like. I will literally be a mess the whole time. I, I, you know, I was um. You know, I was scrolling, and uh, I saw a clip of whichever of the new Star Wars movies had, like, the throwback moment during, you know, it's like R2-D2 is talking, you know, talking to Luke Skywalker, and Luke Skywalker is like, I'm never going to do it. You know, I'm never going back. And R2 shows the footage, the original footage from A New Hope of Leia asking Ben Kenobi for help, you know. And I'm just scrolling here on my phone, and this thing starts playing and I, and I felt my throat catch a little bit and I was like whoa I didn't expect I didn't realize I was vulnerable right now <laughs> it just completely caught me off guard and um, hearing you talk about these characters in the series that you've spent a long time with not just in Xenoblade 3 times 100 sorry times 300 uh, but the rest of the trilogy and the fact that you've got these characters coming back I'm always a big sucker for characters returning you know big unveils and oh it was you know they're back it's those people you love but gruffer and uh you know i i really appreciate that um let's see for without getting too off topic with the xenoblade series how many there's xenoblade one two and three obviously and then i know there are like other games i'm only half joking i can't remember this stuff there's like <laughs> the xeno gears story is that totally unrelated it's not totally unrelated uh the current series has a lot of homages and thematic elements that are the same. Um, but it's, it's, and visual cues, like it is very much a continuation, a spiritual continuation uh, of Xenogears, Xenosaga. Um, they both have little things that have come on to the, the blade part of the, the sagas. So um, yeah, it's, it's got a lot of depth to it. Um, I mean, I've personally been playing the games for six years, but uh, they've definitely been around for a hell of a lot longer, and they have a, a lot of reach that you know has been been in the industry for thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> thirty plus years. Well, heck yeah. Well, Xenoblade Chronicles uh, three, Wave four. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. Um, I found Adult Shulk, like the official art of him or whatever, and he's not daddy. He's more husbando. There's a difference. Okay, well, he's definitely at least one of those for everyone. At least. Yeah, I mean, 
And if they yeah. think Trump's daddy, I think they may need to reevaluate their definition. <laughs> but Rex is absolutely daddy for oh, Rex's him. daddy like, is there's, there's like, no other way. Yeah. Calling Schultz daddy would be like and, calling calling Marth daddy. Like it's just, there's no. I, okay, that's I get that. The the funny the funniest thing too is that the community just went absolutely ape shit for this trailer because uh literally both of the first two lines that Rex says were memes for the past fought like six years. And he said them both, and it was the funniest thing, um, you know, because one of them is a line that he always says, but uh, it, it came back for Zeno three when everyone found out uh, spoiler stuff uh, about Rex's relationships, uh, and he always he always said, uh, "I'll show him a I'll show him a thing or three. and he says it. He literally says the line in this new trailer. And it was like the hypest moment. It was basically Avengers Assemble for Zeno. Like it was so good. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, okay. Well, excited about that. That's uh, Way for DLC for uh, Zeno Chronicles Three. Sav, listen up. What made you smile? Yeah. So, um, if anyone's been following me on Twitter, you will already know that today is. My cat Harlow's birthday. Oh! Everybody, everybody wish her a happy birthday. You must look at the... If you're watching right now, you have to look at the phone right now on the screen. She's Best my girl. little baby. Wow. She's one year old today. Cute. Oh, I love her to death. Yeah. Okay, autofocus is going to... Oh, wow. That oh, no. actually yeah, didn't no, take so long at all. Okay, cool. I thought I was just going to be like hidden character for like the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's actually asleep right over here. She wore herself out today playing around because we had a lot of fun. Um, you know, yes, enjoying you her birthday and whatnot. So, um, there is that. And, um, as well this weekend, um, so I guess I can't really say it made me smile yet, but thinking about the anticipation of this weekend is actually just so exciting. Um, there is going to be a KC game on LAN event number 93 to be exact. So they have been around for like a really long time, even before like I was born probably. And, um, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably, but, um, they're going to be happening over here in the Westport Commons area, and I will divulge more details about that um, after the show when we're doing our like, closing shoutouts and whatnot. But it's basically 30 hours of straight-up just tournaments, prizes, like PC gameplay. There's going to be karaoke there. Uh, they're giving away like $5,000 worth of prizes. It's it's crazy. It's it's awesome. And um, apparently, we are partnering with uh, KC Pioneers. So that's a thing. And, um, you know, they're going to be there doing their thing whatever that is. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> well, with specifics like that, what else is there to know? Uh, that's going to be a good time. Like, what is it? Uh, you know, we got some people, I, I was going to say locally, but I guess I'm not local to Kansas City anymore. Uh, people in Kansas City who are uh, talking about uh, going to everything this weekend. And it's another thing like the voice chat deal that I was talking about. You know, nobody wants to be the first one. They want to be the second or the third one. Uh, this is the call. This is the call. If you want to go to something like that, you got a squad here. Okay. Like you don't have to know us. You don't have to speak in chat. You don't have to, uh, you know, have built any sort of relationship with us at all. You are welcome to show up. We all, we got nothing but good people, you know, and, uh, meeting, meeting strangers at a lot of those events has been one of the most fun. Um, you know, it's like, uh, 
it's nice when you walk in the doors somewhere. It's like any convention. You walk in the doors and you know that the people are going to accept you for whatever you got, you know, whoever you are. And, uh, you know, so if you're always out and about, you're, going, you're at practically every big event in Kansas City, I feel like, you know, that's... Uh, it's really funny you say that because Benson and I went out to like a local haunt um, that we usually like, like frequent like every Tuesday. And we went there and there was a guy there who had met me at a Twitch KC Midwest like meetup like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, he recognized me. We hadn't seen each other since meeting each other there. And like he was talking with, I guess, his coworker or something. And I just sit at the bar while I wait for Benson to go do whatever he's doing. Um, and... I'm sitting there and like, he like looks over and he was just like, I know you from somewhere. And I was like, I get that a lot. Cause I do get that a lot. I don't, I just, I don't know. So I get that a lot. And he was just like sitting there, like mind you, his coworker is sitting right between us and they were talking before I sat down. And so he completely abandoned their conversation to try and work this out. So he's sitting there just like, well, uh, <laughs> internet. <laughs> well, he was just like, uh, like princess something something and I just wanted to see how like how far he could get pressing it out before like giving him the answer oh no and then he was just like well we met at the twitch kc blah 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 and I was like uh oh yeah yeah because I actually did look over and I was like I know his face from somewhere but I'm not gonna say anything just in case I'm wrong but I never forget a face so I I knew him anyway I'm like yeah so I'm sovereign sin and he was like sovereign sin he like bang literally bangs the desk or whatever because he was just so excited to finally have the answer anyway all that to say um, yeah, apparently I'm popular. Like I am everywhere. More than Odie. Ha <laughs> ha, take that. Uh-huh. Gotta better better check your closet, Odie. I'm right there. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um come to the event. It's gonna be fun. In fact, Tegan, I think we met at a KC game on land party. I think that's where we met because you were working for GGKC at the time and there was like that sofa set up and all that. I actually just found that picture again recently. And I was like, this was the first time we ever met. And we, I mean, I don't have a picture of me, but you, you looked like a little baby, you know? Oh, yeah. I want to see the picture. Oh, I'll send it to you. It's, it's good Yay. stuff. But yeah, that's why I love taking pictures of that at events like that or, you know, any of the gatherings that we've done because you kind of forget how long it's been. Like uh, for a lot of us out there, when you make internet friendships, you know, it, doesn't follow the rules that a lot of the other relationships in your life do. So the passage of time is easy to forget. It's like, oh, right, I guess we have known each other for like six years, you know? Uh, it's just funny how that stuff kind of adds up. But anyway, uh, we got plenty of smiles on our face. Okay, no more smiles. No more smiles, right? We got to get serious. Uh, let's talk about the games we've been playing this week. Um, we've got uh, a good lineup. I Let's see, we got... We got I'm just going to give a little uh roadmap here chat what do you think what do you think sovereign has on the docket here could it be could it be a shooter could it be real low-key oh i meant to make a pun earlier about you giving us the hard lowdown i missed it but it still counts i get half points um you know could it be a shooter could it be uh something you know just on the on the bleeding edge of these these new games it might be it might be uh vilos you know what vilos likes video games you know a lot of the video games uh, Vilos plays are Nintendo games. Well, Nintendo means Mario, and uh, we're going to see a little bit more of that. I, I'm excited. I've had a couple people actually reach out to me because of you guys when they mentioned the Super Mario movie to me. I actually had things to say about it because I knew it from you two. It was Yay. It felt good. 
I felt like I hadn't totally abandoned my tribe, you know? <laughs> Be like, hey, did you see Mario? And I'm like, I mean, I'm probably not going to, but look, I loved chatting about it. <laughs> um, but you got to go so you can get your tin. That's right. Uh, some Someone else got a tin and they told me not to tell you, Vilos, but I'm chaotic evil right now or chaotic neutral, so I'm doing it. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to let Wait, you, you went to go see it again, though, didn't you, Vilos? Yeah, Casey because I remember, is out. I remember like reaching out to you and being like, hey, when are we going to do the thing? Because you have AMC. And yeah, you're like, I already Casey went. And out. I was like... This city is out of out of Mario tins. Really? I could have I could have gotten a Creed three ten if I really wanted to. Oh. A Creed three ten. Is it nothing but abs all the way around? <laughs> right the outside of the tin. It's just fists. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fists. A punching glove stitched onto some abs. <laughs> yes, yeah, very accurate to the trailers. Uh, yeah. Know. Man, that's too bad. Gosh. Uh, and then I've got uh, I've got a little game I, I might start just for kicks here uh, because before the show I talked about Terra Nil, a game I played on stream last week. All I really want to say about it right now is that I'm going to give it more time before I uh, revisit it because the core game, see, you know, you're like uh, cleaning up a planet. You're trying to terraform and then create life and sustainability and then leave without a trace. Uh, the game's kind of each map is like split into three parts. So I really like those elements of it as somebody who finds a lot of interest in environmental stuff. Um, I really like the approach to it from design and gameplay mechanics and stuff. Uh, there are just some edges that need polishing. And since I only get one opportunity to play it for the first time, I'm gonna wait a little bit longer. The game's 25 bucks right now. Uh, this is one of the rare times I would tell you that I don't know if the state it's in right now is worth $25. Uh, maybe in a few months or maybe if the price goes down a little bit, you know, it's your money, spend it how you want. Uh, but that's pretty much all I have to say about Terra Nil. We'll revisit it later. I enjoyed a lot of what I played, but I'm going to wait. Uh, the game that ate its lunch this week that, that, uh, when, when I streamed instead of the podcast last week, I streamed Terra Nil and a game called Mini Motorways. It's a game that popped up somewhere on my feed, came out two years ago. It's $10 full price. I picked this thing up. Uh, people, when I mentioned it to them, they're like, oh, is it like City Skylines? And I wasn't sure. Uh, the answer is yes. It is absolutely like City Skylines. Uh, I just didn't know it yet. And in fact, when I went looking for tips in this game, um, I didn't even find a lot of tips for this game, but I did find useful things about City Skylines, a completely different game. Uh, just talking about like road structure and uh, road hierarchy is all thing. You know, the most important parts first uh, and then, you know, whatever. Uh, I have been loving this game. Mini Motorways is a game, uh, you can see the gameplay right here, where you start with uh, one tiny house and one factory and you need to connect them by road. When you do that, a car will leave the house to go to the factory to pick up a little pin and it will run back home, drive back home. Uh, and then rinse and repeat. That's the whole game. You just need to build roads to connect all of the places on the map as more colors and more buildings uh, appear. The colors correspond to where each car needs to drive. Uh, it play. It looks like a board game. So I wish I, I should really do some research and find what board game this looks like for anyone familiar with that, because then I could compare it. But uh, this game is very minimalist, and it absolutely works in its favor. Uh, 
<clears throat> we can't hear it right now, um, but every little sound as the car's accelerating and braking, um, when the pins appear on the factories here, you can see, uh, and when certain things like stoplights are making sounds. Um, it's like this acoustic screensaver, and visually, this game is a screensaver. You could, I just, it puts me to sleep in the best way, uh, where I can, I can boot this up to do a daily challenge, uh, or, or anything else, and just ease on into it. You can pause the game at any time, so imagine a game like Faster Than Light, or something where you can always just pause and look at the whole map before assessing the situation or addressing any problems. Um, but I like this a lot. I, you know, no one likes getting stuck in real traffic, but I find traffic to be very interesting. It's like blood flow in a human body, you know? Cars are the blood that pumps the blood of a city, essentially. Or whatever, I said that poorly, but you understand what I mean. Um, you know, they're called arteries, like main roads are called arteries for a reason. Uh, for, you know, for that comparison. And so anyway, this game is just you connecting roads and highways, roundabouts, bridges, tunnels, um, and lots and lots of road tiles to try to get all of these colors to their corresponding factories before too many pins appear and, and a timer runs out. Um, so, so I have just racked up a huge number of hours on this game, just playing in the normal speed because, uh, it's really relaxing to listen to. And if I fail, it's not that big a deal. I've been playing the, uh, the like campaign mode. There's no, I don't even think they call it that, but, uh, I've been playing like the default mode because there's the, the default mode, um, endless mode, which has no repercussions at all. You can just pretty much do anything all the time. Uh, it's not full creative, but you know, relaxed. And then challenge mode, which has just some weird, wacky, arcadey, um, conditions to it. So a nice thing about this game, uh, right now the, the map, the terrain that you're seeing is Tokyo. I've never really looked at what Tokyo looks like, but apparently it looks like this. This is the one that I have struggled on the most. Uh, it's kicked my butt many times, but they're all, uh, all the maps, all the terrain anyway, because, uh, the buildings are all randomly generated, but the terrain stays the same just your starting point within it might change between runs. You might be really close to water in one run on a city and, and really far away from it another. Um, but it's uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I've done cities like uh, Moscow, Rio de Janeiro. Um, oh gosh, I've done like six cities and I can't remember any of the names of them right now. Uh, but it's really interesting. Just like I think terrain is cool. I think traffic is cool. Um, I think the mundanities of everything that this game has going on, I think those are often the most interesting parts of the way that people live. Uh, I always, well, whatever, I'm not going to go off on some tangent. I, I could, but I'm going to try not to. I love this game. Uh, it's really relaxing. Um, and as someone who drives a whole, whole lot, uh, it gives me something to think about during the day. Like now I've been spending my time on the road like looking at stuff and I'm like well why does this area get real dicey with stoplights and this area over here same number of lights doesn't you know uh I'm a huge fan to, uh, of roundabouts and in fact we were talking in discord I was sharing um some some satellite google map shots from a bunch of 
like highway interchanges in Kansas City. I was like, oh man, check out 119th and 35. And it's it's one of those highways where like uh, as you're crossing the bridge, you switch lanes. So you're not on the right side of the road anymore. You're on the left side, regardless of which direction you're going. And I was explaining, <laughs> you know, basically welcome to my TED talk. I'm like, this is nice because you've isolated the intersection into three uh, parts that don't touch each other. They don't have to compete for space um, with anyone but the people going exactly where they're going. Uh, and anyway, I, I just love uh, the way that this game tickles my brain in a certain way. It just had me coming back to to play for a challenge or to just play to have a relaxing... You know, I tell you guys I listen to my like rainy sounds um, as like white noise sometimes. This game did that. It was wonderful. Uh, certainly a good wind down game that's not going to have you, you know, it's not going to give you a total Tetris effect. So uh, that's Mini Motorways. I bought it for $10 on Steam. I really liked it. I don't even know what other platforms it's on. It seems like it would be an excellent handheld game. Uh, really enjoyed that. That's all for me. Uh, played a handful of other things, but you've all heard it before. And if you're watching us on Twitch, then you can find all those VODs uh, here. I played Casey's mod on Inscription on Monday. That was great. Uh, we're going to play it again next week. So if that means anything to you, uh, I super love Inscription. And Casey's mod within it is pretty cool. So we'll see that uh, on next Monday night at uh, 9 Central and 7 Pacific. Hey, times, baby. You got it right. Yeah. That's wild. It's crazy. Uh, okay, well, yeah, that's enough for me. Uh, Vilos, what if we bounce your way? Let's uh, let's talk about Super Mario World plus <laughs> Bowser's Fury. Yeah. Um, this one is technically what I played two weeks ago, but, you know, we, we didn't do about that last week. So. Yeah, we won't um, hold it against you. <laughs> so, yeah, I of will. course. <laughs> uh, of course, because of the Mario movie releasing and stuff like that, uh, I had gotten Super Mario World plus Bowser's Fury, um, or Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury uh, for for discount because of the Mario Day sales and all that stuff were, were going on for so long. And I was like, you know what? I, I've never done it. I, I've never played this version of the game. The the 3DS Super Mario World 3D World um, was great. But I never played this when it originally came out on Wii U. So I was like, Bowser's Fury, got to be good, right? Um, and yes, can confirm it's great. It's solid. Um, that's That's honestly the the best way for me to put it because I've always loved Mario games, but uh, I, I am one of those, like I'm not a retro gamer, but I will say for me, Mario did peak uh, at, at sunshine uh, and mostly the 3d, uh, the 2d games. Oh my God. Everybody's oh, dying in Kansas city. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Everyone. I thought it was getting quieter. I just wasn't going to say no, anything. I, and I'm just, <laughs> I was so close to just muting. Um, but uh, I, I really am more of a fan of the OGs. You know, Mario 2, Mario 3, those were my jam. Uh, Sunshine was the only 3D one that I just really got into. Um, and when when everything became, you know, like New Super Mario Bros, I played them. But the Wii U game, I just skipped over. Going into Super Mario 3D World... Um, it is what it is. It's same old fashioned Mario. Uh, 
But the the one thing was that the the Joy Cons are not made for Mario. After oh. after taking care of this, um, bless you. <laughs> after taking care of this entire game over a weekend, I did it in a day and a half. I beat Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, uh, about 16 total hours. And uh, it would have been about 13 hours had uh, one particular level not fucked me particularly. <laughs> and Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I am. I am gonna, because it was, uh, I forget if it was World 6 or World 7. No. No, it no, it was it was the final world. Yeah. Oh, it had that's okay. classic final it was, world. It was it was the it was the final world. It was like three two or three levels before the actual final level period. Um there's a there's a point and you always you always come to a point in a Mario game, right? Where the difficulty it either spikes or or like it, it plateaus. Um and this one was because there's no way to control uh, your momentum on ice with a Joy-Con stick. Oh, sure. It's just not a thing, right? There is one particular level. Sof, have you have you played it? I guess I don't understand the problem. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the rest of the story before. Okay, okay. Yeah. There's one particular level that uh, you have to. It's like fifty percent of the level. Is you hopping onto an ice block that is flipping and flipping in different directions? Oh, classic Mario sixty four. It's, it's following a path, right? Yeah, and it, it very much is, uh, and it's following a path. Except again, it's an ice block, and it's moving along this path. Um, and you miss you miss something. You die. That's it. You start the you start the level over. Um, and even even when you get to the technical checkpoint, uh, it's just the same thing you were doing, except harder. <laughs> well, wait. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, what makes the what makes the Joy-Con specifically uh, like yeah, is the dead zone about, too big? That... The the range of yeah the range of the the dead zone and it takes so long to realize. Like if you're just going by your basic Mario instincts, you you hop or you decide you get the. Um, you get your uh, your tail out so you can at least get a couple glides in if you make a mistake, you know, so you can at least <laughs> uh, glide your way down to the to the ice as it gets to the next the next stop over because it's just flipping and it's uh, it's a rectangle most of the time. And in the second half of the level, it actually goes from being this this horizontal thing to going vertical and then flipping again in a different angle. And it's just it's just difficult. Uh, so you really just have to know you have to experience the level and die many times. <laughs> it's just trial and error. Um, but I, I hope you that's have part of also... a walkthrough you're gonna write. You're like, okay, first yeah. load up the level, <laughs> die nine times, and then. I mean, then... that's really it. <laughs> you do have to realize that maybe fear is your worst enemy here, and you just have to walk very particularly and that's where Sov's gonna be like oh well i've always fucking done that and it's like no <laughs> i usually play that no. hard blindfold <laughs> yeah <laughs> never died on it once i just 
you're it's, not here to have a good time and honestly, I'm really uh-huh. very attacked right now. Uh-huh. How could you yeah. possibly say this entirely true thing about me? Because the the thing is, and I, I did find it on like a random Reddit or something. I, I was just like, I cannot be the only person that this just infuriated completely. And boy, I was right. Yeah. There, there's so many, uh, there's so many like uh, forums and everything based on this one level. It's like, how do you do it? <laughs> and um, when I finally saw it, uh, somebody's like, well, the very first ice block you you see, there's two mice. I forget what they're called, but the the mice dudes that just have the like the the big ass feet. Wait, so mm-hmm. the thing you're jumping on and- isn't called a mice block? <laughs> It probably is, <laughs> um, but it's this this stupid smiley faced ice block, right? And the these two mice are on it. They don't do anything to you. They're not coming after you. But when the ice starts moving, what do they do? Their feet start just like shuffling very quickly until they're in the right spot. Until they're in the right spot, as it flips a, a couple times, like three three or four times. That's the whole thing that's the entire level that's the game being like you better watch what they're doing and then do what they just did mario that's literally been mario's mo for like teaching you how to be a level since the very first game the very first level so like but so when you said earlier that's always (laughs) what i've done i mean (laughs) (laughs) it's it's also it's also one of those things though that it's like it doesn't even matter if you know how to do it you still got to do it. It's still hard even when you know how to do it because yeah. uh, the the acceleration, Mario's... And, and by the way, one one caveat here. I always play Luigi, and that well, was my downfall. That was my downfall on this particular level. He's so I did slippery. Complete the, yeah. I, I beat the level with fucking Mario because I, I switched. Uh, because it does allow you to switch characters between uh, tries and stuff. So. Nice. That said, I still should have been able to do it with Luigi, but it was not going to happen. I I had so many lives, and I'm pretty sure I went through 35 of them. At least 35 That's lives. That's like a whole year. For one level. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like, like a whole year because you're older than that because you're old. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Shots absolutely fired. Um, and so... Yeah, I, I beat it as Mario, but the whole thing was that you were supposed to just walk and accelerate your walking speed very carefully for like five minutes straight. And it was very hard and very frustrating. Vilas, let me but explain I, to you why you like a halfway point and then just float the rest of it with Peach. <laughs> if only. Uh, it was all lava. That's that's the thing. It's it's a lava level. Well, l- let me explain <laughs> to you how level. traffic jams work, all right? You're supposed to very slowly, carefully mm-hmm. accelerate. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not supposed to stamp your foot on either pedal, really, a whole lot. You got you to gotta do as the penguins do. You know how many people do that? Few. Very few. <laughs> you know? We should yes. be more like yes. the penguins, is what I'm saying. Obviously. Yeah. We should all be. But a little more penguin like <laughs> now now that i got that out that was the worst part of my super mario 3d world experience uh once i got done with that it was very much uh, an easy experience outside of that one level uh bowser's fury which you can play without even playing the main game that's great bowser's fury is fantastic it's an open world uh adventure that honestly i could play it i could play bowser's fury 
more than I could play uh, Odyssey, I think. Yeah. Which is saying a lot because I loved Mario Odyssey. Um, but Bowser's Fury is open world and you just you just you just go find these cute little uh, cat shines that are very easy to get for the most part. There's it's not really about difficulty. It's just about taking the time to do things. There's there's one very particular uh, one that I really enjoyed that uh, the game is very intuitive about it. And it's kind of the whole uh, this is why you're playing a Mario game like this is it. And it's it's a section where you actually you you fall down onto a section that is completely invisible and you're like, oh, well, what am I what am I going to do here? And you realize that um, the impact of your footsteps uh, or hopping a little bit uh, shows a little bit of of what you're standing on. And so the the more you walk around, the more you hop around, uh, every impact has a little bloop and you see you see the ground. Uh, and it goes for like two minutes straight uh, unless you're just like running through it and you die, you fall off and everything. But it goes in like circles, it spirals, it goes up to this high point, it goes across and, uh, and around and all this stuff. Like you end up like a half mile away from your starting point uh, at one point and then you drop down uh, into this area to get a shine. And it's, it's just really cool. Um, and the entire experience... You're in a cat. You're in the Mario cat suit almost the whole time. Like that's the Miles, only way to play a, it. Do you own a Mario cat suit? And if not, <laughs> why? Wh- what are you waiting for? Is I mean, I, I definitely would in real life. Uh, that's that's not okay. That's uh, not well, anything new. I hope I never see that because. Uh, <laughs> if we get five subs before the end of this show, I'm buying Vilos a Mario cat suit. We might have Man. to do our After Dark show a little early if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited uh, that you're enjoying that. And as much as we poke fun about the Joy-Con stuff, uh, I don't remember what game it was. I will say when my Joy-Cons got messed up, playing Hades was impossible. But that was because of, the, of faulty Joy-Cons. Like, they weren't working as intended. There was another game. It might have been Thumper, but it might have been something else where... Uh, there was also a dead zone issue. Oh, it was uh, into the breach because you uh, can you use like a little circle as your cursor, and unless I pushed far enough, it didn't even recognize that I was moving the Joy-Con at all. <clears throat> and I remember that being kind of a pain, so I started just like using other things instead. Uh, I wonder wonder what makes the Nintendo Joy-Con dead zone bigger than other controllers, like. I obviously don't know enough about the like physical, the very physical hardware of it, but I wonder why one, why wouldn't they both be equally good? Like what it's would the be the height of the sticks for the Switch? Uh, yeah. As far as the Joy Cons go, it's the height of the sticks because any far any far motion is going to hit. It's going to actually stop you from going any farther because of the tilt, you know. Right. Uh, and that's that's what I was getting with the with the walking issue because the momentum is just completely different than if i were doing it on the pro controller and xbox it's wild especially if you're playing luigi that's like especially the, the mad cats of ice them. levels you know <laughs> absolutely that's tough times okay uh well unless you got anything else huh i mean the my only other thing was that i i'm now in the last third of fire emblem engage oh yes it's very close to done uh it should be done by the end of this weekend so i can get to everything else but uh yeah, full thoughts on, on Fire Emblem Engage next week, probably, too. Nice. Looking forward to that. It's bound to be engaging. 
Okay. <laughs> Nintendo, hire this person. Uh, then the Nintendo minute until Nintendo hour when I don't think <laughs> I don't think it worked out. <laughs> they, if it's after Vespers, the rules don't apply. You know, this is fair. Well, Sav, you got uh, you know you're really surprising us this week. Um, the nice thing is, it's like when when someone shows up at your door every day with a new surprise. After a while, I'm like, look, my cheeks hurt. Okay. I can't keep smiling at all these gifts. What do you want from me? Uh, and now I feel like you're just you're you're showing us too many games as an evil plot for us to have too big of a backlog. Like no, actually maybe that's what you're doing for Vilos. You're showing us all these games so that Vilos won't be able to complete his backlog. Is this your villain era? Might am, am I saying that right? I mean I think. Well, um, all the I mean the games that I'm showing don't really have an end game which means if they were added to a backlog you would never finish them wow so i think that might be a little too evil <laughs> it's it's devious that's what it is uh well tell us tell us about okay so i i don't think i realized when i saw this that the whole title was x defiant i thought it was just defiant and x was like just a thing in their branding uh i think um well, the, full, the full full name is like Tom Clancy's X Defiant or something like that. Yeah. I watched uh, I'm Hyper Fam, who we've shouted out before. He's one of the only streamers I have a t-shirt for uh, in Kansas City. Go follow him. Uh, I watched him play an hour or two of this, and uh, it was dope. As I was sitting there, I was like, <laughs> I'm seeing things happen, and I was like, what would Sav do right now? Like, kind of imagine, because he mainly plays Call of Duty, so it was interesting to watch him play. He also mostly plays Warzone. Um, so watching him go from Call of Duty Battle Royale to an arena-style, not-quite-hero shooter. Like, it it has classes and stuff, but it's not really that... Uh, I don't know. I didn't get the impression it's that... It's not like, yeah, it's not, like, very... Like, it's not hero oriented it's like it's like rogue company where you you have the different classes and within those classes there are characters that have their own specialties yeah um and my favorite thing to do is whenever i find a new game i like to make it a baby of another game that's more familiar to other people that way it's easier to relate them to it mm -hmm. um and so the last game i talked about was i think wet hyenas um and i can't remember i think i said it was like lawbreakers and something i can't remember go back to the watch the vods y'all yeah Inter interact <laughs> uh, i, th I think it was lawbreakers and rogue company uh oh no 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 i'm mixing that up with uh with that the one whose name <laughs> veiled veiled experts veiled experts yes <laughs> yeah which is definitely like roco like that's that's not even a baby roco that's just roco's sister or something yeah like twice removed uh, but this one is basically just a baby of um, Rogue Company and Call of Duty. Like, it has all of the, like, the tacticalness and the class-based elements of Rogue Company. Um, and then it has, like, the frenetic kind of, like, um, I mean, I guess, like, the gun, like the gunplay warfare of, of Call of Duty. It's very, like, gameplay, gunfight-wise, feels very Call of Duty. Um, the time to kill isn't very large at all which is mm -hmm. something I don't really appreciate. I like a good time to kill because it gives me the option of like strategizing approaches and retreats. And the gunplay itself means that, you know, if you're caught off guard, you could still like reevaluate and even turn the fight around. Yeah. Um, in games with short times to kill, you know, if you get caught off, you're, you're just dead. 
And it also shortens the amount of time that you can play because if you spend a lot of time dying, I don't particularly, but if you do, then like that's really discouraging as a player. It's like yeah, I spend a long time in lobbies and queues and pre-match lobbies and and shorter shorter times to kill pads stats positively and negatively. Like if you're on the if you're on the butt end of that, then your KDA is going to be like two and twenty three, and then people are going to be like, "Whoa, you so like." But on the other hand, you know, if you're on the good side of that, then your KDA is going to be like twenty three and two, and then you know you'll get reported for hacking. So like, yeah, yeah. the. The time to kill thing is an issue I think might that might be ironed out. And it kind of helps because all of the different like there's only twenty-four total weapons in the game. Um and everyone can use them all. They're not bound by class or anything. Um you don't have to like unlock them. As far as I know, you don't have to like unlock them um through playing with them, like in Rogue Company, where if you want to use like, I don't know, an LMG on Lancer, then you have to play someone who already has the LMG as part of their basic loadout and master the weapon so that it's able to be used on anybody. Um, but this one, you just get the weapons right off the bat. The only thing that you do have to unlock are the attachments, which is where I bring in the Call of Duty-like comparisons because gunplay in that game re- requires like all the attachments to customize to your play style. So if you want to do something in particular, you have to have the proper attachments. Um, they also give you like you know better a better weapon. So if you have like a fewer catalog of attachments to choose from, you have a very limited way to, um, I mean, do anything. Of course, it does still come down to the fundamentals of, like, being able to shoot things. So if you have the best attachments in the world, but you can't hit something, then it's not going to help you. (laughs) Um, But where this comes along on, like, the Roco side with, like, the class-based nonsense is the game has um, six different factions. I think there are six. And what's really cool about them is all of the factions are representative of um, other Ubisoft properties. So yeah, um, I believe the video that we're watching right now is going through them a little bit, but I can just list them for the people who will be listening to this later and um, not watching the vibe. Um, so the cleaners are like pyrotechnic people. So they have like a lot of flame abilities and like flamethrowers and things like that. And they are from the division. Um, the echelon, which are basically like all the super spies that come with like the cloaking gadgetry, the light vision and all this whatnot. They are the splinter cell division um, or the faction. And then they have the Libertad, which are the freedom fighters from Far Cry 6. And they specialize in, like, healing and biotech and things like that. Um, So they're really, like, a support class, kind of, sort of. And you'll see kind of them, if you look at the video right now, what they're about. Um, Then there are the Phantoms, which are known as the Future Soldiers. And they come from from the Ghost Recon. Phantoms, you know, the same name. (laughs) And they have, like, this really cool, like, barrier-like thing. I don't really know what it's called. Um, I can't because I've never used it, but it's not really my play style. But it basically stops bullets and and like artillery, like grenades and stuff, from approach like piercing that barrier, and you can approach people. Um, however, by the same token, you can't shoot out of it, so you have to be within that dome to use it. Um, and then there's the dead sec, which are cyber attackers and uh, from the watchdogs, and they focus on like jamming, hacking, like disrupting tech and abilities and things like that. So. Um, those factions are all the, that you have to choose from. And then within those factions, you know, you do ha- have the different, um, weapons that you can use. So they have, you know, all the standard types. They have the rifle, the shotgun, the LMG, SMG, Uzi, blah, blah, blah. So the name of the game is finding the weapon you like and the class that you like and customizing everything to your playstyle, which is something that I always really appreciate in any kind of game. You know, I like being a niche character and doing my niche little thing. I cannot wait to figure out what that is because right now I am just kind of playing around because each faction has their own 
active abilities that you use in their passive traits, much like Rogue Company. Um, and then they have like an ultra ability. So um, figuring out what you want to do and how you want to play comes down to just kind of toying around with all the different factions and seeing, first of all, what kind of faction you'd like to play and then tailoring your gunplay around what you want to accomplish on the field. I, I don't want to play an Ubisoft game, but at the same time, the factions idea is probably the best multiplayer idea Ubisoft has had in a very long time. That yeah. sounds so cool. I wouldn't say that because like, oh wait, no, never mind. Um, I don't think that Rabbids, what's it called? Mario XCOM game. I don't think that's multiplayer, is it? No, no. no. Okay, never mind then. And they did Rainbow <laughs> Six Extraction, which was a good foundation for a game, yeah. but there wasn't really enough. Um, not that we like ran out of content, but it, it was just like, there were things about it that made it difficult to play that game as casually as I wanted, I think. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Like, I love, I love that uh, any, you know, it, by using characters from other IPs, like you get to know them in the game. And if you like the call outs that they have and stuff, you might be like, oh, maybe I want to go play that game. Like, maybe I want to go play Far Cry 6. I want to. I mean, it worked for Smash Bros. Yeah. And nobody knew what Fire Emblem was until Marth came along. They were like, who the fuck is that? No daddy, that's for sure. One of <laughs> Callback. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I really like that cross-pollination of IP. Well, it's all their IP, but, you know, it's taking these different things like under their umbrella. Yeah. Not, not Umbrella Corp, not Capcom, but, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, there's just, like, a lot to pull from, and I think it's an interesting way to flesh out um, all of these worlds or, like, you know, how how would they interact if they were in this scenario where you know there's no diplomacy you're just fighting you know how would this look and how would it be balanced like how is each faction cool enough to kick each other to kick everyone else's asses potentially um even if like these people have crazy web you know crazy tools like crazy future tech you know these people don't have future tech so it makes them special uh i think that's an interesting idea because you, you could just do that with regular classes in any game and be just fine. But uh, since behind that you have these other games, it's kind of like Overwatch where like there's a sort of lore to it, how all these things connect. But in that game, you can't play it, right? You just get the um, allusions to it, which sometimes is better than the real thing. You know, I don't think I have the time to play all, all the way through Far Cry 6, but it'd be cool to hear how the Libertad faction works in there just hearing calls and stuff i wonder like considering the fact that it is like this kind of you know fusion of all the realms and whatnot i wonder if it's pronounced cross defiant because a lot of games that do that they do have like the x in there like blaze blue cross tag battle or um what is that mobile game that had all the capcom games like together um shoot i can't remember something but it had cross in it you know cross blah blah, blah. yeah um so yeah, I wonder if it's called. I wonder if it's actually supposed to be pronounced cross I Bet you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look more into this. Yeah. Um, but what's really cool about it is that it's, since it's a live service game, because of course it is. Um, you know they're gonna have all the updates and stuff, and they might add new factions, which means we might see more properties represented. Now, what kind of other properties they might be able to bring in is kind of up in the air because it is a shooter. So like, if they wanted to bring in Geralt, they'd probably have trouble. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got Agni, right? That's a projectile. 
kind of acne. <laughs> Isn't that what it called? The fire magic? Isn't that what it is? Oh, um, acne. I don't know, but I'm like, what in the world? Skin? What are you a oh pff. skin bender? What are you talking about? Um, acne. I mean, acne. you know, Wiley Coyote shoots acne. But um, I don't know. Well, it's it's gonna be fun to watch. Like as it evolves, because right now it's in its closed beta. You can actually go to the website right now and apply, um, and or you can watch on Twitch and get a job and get a code that way. Um, I just happen to be accepted through like the application program, so um, I'll be streaming that a lot during the land party this weekend. I'm also going to be streaming the Splatfest. Um, actually, I don't know if I will because I don't know if it's this week or the next week. But the Splatfest for Splatoon three, which I also have been playing by the way, is um, the Triforce. Which Triforce piece is you? Are you wisdom? Are you courage? Are you power? Um, because that's going to tie into Tears of the Kingdom, obviously, in Wisdom. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But this is this is a really... I've been having such a good time with this game. It's been such a long time since I, like, logged in and just, like, went boss of the wall crazy with no objective of, of like, you know, trying to climb up the skill tree or anything like that. Because usually when I open up a game like this, I'm just like, okay, what's, which character do I play to just be in, a, in like, a, the biggest nuisance on the field, you know? But yeah. I'm just having fun exploring the worlds and, and the characters right now it's really cool and they have some i mean they have the standard modes um so you know you have the the occupy which is like the rotating king of the hill point then you have like the domination which of course is domination um and then there's like a payload which bringing back to that overwatch comparison you said earlier they have the payload mode where you escort you know a payload but then they have this like really unique one which i don't think i've seen in a shooter before um and it is called zone control so in this one you have the points that you occupy like you know the domination points but there's one side attacking and another side defending and so you as the defenders you have to hold these nodes it's like a path um actually it's kind of like tower control in splatoon now that i'm thinking about it if anyone around here has played splatoon and you play tower control it's kind of like that um except for the zone doesn't move like the tower does um there are just the it's just basically tower control, but without the without the tower. So you still have the checkpoints. So the attacking team is trying to break through the checkpoints and then um get to the end of the line that way. And it's really intriguing because it's not your standard like objective play when it comes to like arena shooters like this. And so it's almost like you have to employ like a new strategy around how you're going to be attacking and how you're going to be defending. So I don't know. It's it's something new that kind of like shakes up the arena shooter genre. And you know, I'm always about shaking up the genre. Um, Sovereign shakeup. That's the name of the new feature. Put in Call the it. <laughs> it's on my bingo card. Uh, but no, for real, this is this has been a lot of fun. And I at first I was worried because it's Ubisoft, so you know. You never the last know thing what I was really get, excited about from you know? them was Roller Champions, and you know how long I played that for. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is cool. Cross Defiant. Slash X Defiant. Yeah, Cross Defiant sounds better. Maybe it really you know, does. Maybe they'll I'm change the name. Like look for into us. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet Ubisoft today, and I'm gonna be like, "How do you say this name? Tell me. The world needs to know. The masses are frothing at the mouth." Can you can you tweet them right now and find out? Because I have to know what this is. Okay, let's see. First, I'm gonna see if it's actually just written out on like their page. It would be nice. I didn't immediately see it because I was scrolling on it on my phone, looking, searching. But uh, that's all right. Yeah, uh, cool faction stuff. The gunplay looked interesting. When I watched I'm Hyperfam play, it seemed 
It could have been that his settings weren't dialed in because I know there were at least a couple things that he didn't see on, uh, you know, the options like accessibility stuff and all that um, until later on. But um, it, it almost seems more like they want mid-level sh shots. Like they don't want a lot of no scoping on snipers as much because I watched him pretty i mean i watched him do the same thing he does in call of duty where he just drops people he's very good at call of duty now he's been in, putting in work um i was watching him do land shots where i was like that guy's dead it didn't even matter if it hit him in the head or not like that guy's dead and there was just no hit at all but it wasn't clear that it was a server issue which it could have been you know because it's yeah it's just an unusual state right now is it is it uh out right now or is it an early access uh, Crossify is in closed beta until the 23rd. It's been open since I believe the 16th and they're still taking, like I said, applications. So if you are interested, um, if any of you think that you've seen or heard sounds intriguing to you, um, you know, give it a shot and apply. And I mean, right now it's for free, 99. So can't go, um, the can't only thing on. that you can lose is time. Yeah. Or patience if you die a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, we tried Dead Frontier too. It, we, it was free. All right. Uh, but you know, we had a good time because the squad was there, so it was worth it. Uh, you know, it's time not wasted if you enjoyed it. Anyway, um, what else have we got? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's what we've been playing. Hey, all right. So that is indeed. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, five games for you right there. Hopefully, you walked away with something you're interested in. We've talked about a lot of stuff on the show tonight, though, outside of those five games. Um. But as if we didn't have enough, uh, we wanted to have a party topic this week discussing the Nintendo Indie World Direct. It's not a direct, right? Showcase. Showcase, right. There are two different things, direct with a capital D. Uh, the showcase, 20 minutes long, love it, love it. Uh, had a whole bunch of indies. Some are ports, some are, are DLC, some are, to me at least, new, new altogether, new IP. Um, let's go, let's go through some of that. We've got, so we're going to show you some trailers, uh, because while the, uh, Indie Direct itself did show little teasers almost, you know, little blips of, of, uh, the ports especially, we're going to, uh, just give you a quick rapid fire of, of some of those that we saw before. So what if we bounce between us? We each do one and pass it. Um, Pylos, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, let's see. The first one I'll talk about is uh, Escape Academy Complete. Yay. Ah, it's coming to Switch. That makes me super excited because I, I didn't really know if it would happen. Um, but Escape Academy, we played through the whole damn game except for the DLC. That is why this is called the Complete Edition. Uh, so the Complete Edition actually has, uh, I think it's two official DLCs. Uh, that's actual, I think, three rooms, maybe another four rooms, uh, but also a different mode. Uh, and I don't immediately remember what that mode was. But uh, the fact is, that's a lot of game. I mean, that's, uh, that's what, eight hours, ten hours of, of the base game, and then uh, probably six to eight uh, for the additional levels. Um, I did play through the first level of that DLC, uh, thanks to uh, thanks to the wonderful team that that created it, the devs are really cool. Um, they are well worth your support. And Escape Academy Complete is, I think, only going to be thirty dollars, so that's super cool. 
Uh, yeah. It's very worth it if you're a, a puzzler, especially if you're an escape game uh, enthusiast, because this is, and I've played plenty of escape games, and this is the best example of it for me. Uh, and even seems though it's like a top tier co op, like local and online yeah experience uh because the thing is that it's two-player co-op and i didn't know how well that would work and it worked really well between me and chris i think um and i i've played other games that uh escape room simulator i believe can do six or even eight people it can at least do four but i know that they've had updates since then i think that that expanded it um and that that can be too much um, yeah I that think sounds that, like a lot the two-player co-op for Escape Academy really worked out. Um, and it's uh, being published by I Am 8-Bit, which is really cool because they didn't announce it. But that nine times out of ten means there's going to be a physical edition. So nice. there could be a really cool collector's edition or just a regular retail copy uh, that they should put on on a cartridge as well. And for a lot of Switch players out there, that's that's what we're looking for. So I am super hyped about that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be hyped about. Um, Sav, do you want to bounce to you? We'll get uh, get this rolling. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, moving on from something that not whimsical, it is very much super duper serious. Um, I'm really excited about Blasphemous 2. Ouch. Hi, Harlow. Happy birthday. Hello. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's more, it's more Blasphemous, you know, Blasphemous 2, Pitting at the Boogaloo. So I'm I just I'm out here. I love me some extra platforming, you know, and the I don't know if I would call this a Metroidvania. I'm not really sure if I would. It definitely has the same elements. Um, but you know, I'm just here for all of the art. I'm here for the action. Everything feels so satisfying to play. And it looks like they have some new weapon types here. And the way that you upgrade those is really going to affect how you traverse the world and you know take down your enemies. And I love just a like adopting new strategies on the fly. I don't know how you could switch between the three. I'm hoping you could do it, you know, at leisure because that can create some really cool, um, like combos and things like that. Um, yes. Hi. Hi, honey. I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> She's like, it's my birthday. Pay attention. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, Blasphemous 2, like it's, oh. it, it <laughs> looks, uh, so the art style, of course, is like real clean. Um, it definitely looks less less uh grotesque than the first one i think yeah for sure i mean i have still watched brutal back back. yeah oh brutal for sure especially some of the ones they show really quickly um i i mean i imagine that this is a metroidvania yeah uh but i would i would even uh compare it to ori and hollow knight before i talk about um either metroid or castlevania it's it's definitely more the Vania, though. Yeah. Not a lot of the, alien the energy suits, so cool. is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, uh, no. The bosses are wild, though. Yeah. Like, where do they come up with this stuff? Like, I I kind of just, like, lackadaisically played the first. Like, I didn't look deep into, like, any of the origins of it or anything like that. So is it, like, completely just all based on, like, biblical stuff? Like, do they draw all of the? Sure, yeah. Because I I don't know if it's like straight out of like you know straight out of the stories or anything like that. I think it's just like inspired by them. So, I I don't know, but it, some of the things in this trailer just look outrageous, and I straight up I want to know who's sitting there 
I just, I just remember him sitting there, like in the creative room, just like, you know, it'd be really cool. Like half a human torso, just wailing on you. Like, whoop. it's like, okay, you know, it'd be cool. The upper half of a man, but he's huge, and now a hive of bees lives inside him. It's like, oh my gosh, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> L- listen, the the, window open? No. <laughs> <laughs> the sword is called mea culpa. I mean, come on. This. This is just so cool. <laughs> Blasphemous is just dark as hell, and I love it. Is uh, is that the world release of that, or is this, does that exist and this is a port? Uh, that I don't know. Okay, well, either way, it looks super cool. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm pretty interested in this. Like, it looks like it's really gotten a lot of attention. Um, there's there I don't know. There are things about side scrollers i feel like it's one of those things like i have trouble putting my finger on what makes a good one seem like a good one i like i have trouble articulating it uh but this looks like a good one to me you know the the combat and the interactions and hitboxes and all that stuff um looked really nice and uh maybe maybe i like it because it, it seems pretty minimal like there are a, a, a low number of like pixels and polygons or whatever on on screen um, because sometimes in games that have just like a whole lot of flashes and spells and numbers and particle effects, uh, I get yeah. lost in what's actually <laughs> happening. So a, a lot of that looks like it looked clean in a way that's easier for my eyes, you know, as um, I'm playing Noida like right now. Release, which, like, by the way. Say that again. I said it looks like it's a world release. Yeah, that was the first official announcement of the game period. Okay. Yeah. Legit. Well, good for them. Looks dope. Well, that's Blasphemous 2. World premiere. Uh, Let's see. I'll pull one of the ports out. Uh, Plate Up is uh, a game that we've played a bunch in our community. Uh, Plate Up is a four-player overcooked adjacent game. Um, You... It's not quite as accessible as uh, as overcooked, I would say, but but it's pretty good. Um, You have the front of house, the back of house, uh, cooking and cleaning. You got to do dishes and all this stuff in your restaurant as, uh, as people come into your, you know, they come into your restaurant. You can choose what type of food to cook and each type of food cooks differently uh, as it's, it's a roguelike style. So after every level, you get to choose between some sort of challenge upgrade. Uh, every, uh, every good thing it gives you comes at some sort of cost. Um, so you get to design your kitchen. You get to pick up and move all of the parts and pieces that you purchase between levels using the gold based on how quickly you completed the level. Uh, you do all that to build. So you get the fix of Overcooked where you can um, each take different roles and kind of accidentally sabotage each other, even though you're definitely on the same team. Um, in, in Overcooked, it's it's a little easier to be chaotic evil you know uh but in this game it, it does have like a slow burn to it where you're you're playing to win like you don't want to mess around too much because when you lose it's just over and you'll you'll be an hour you know you'll you'll be at least 30 minutes into a run and lose and it'll whew, it can be tough but uh it's up to four player it's also good single player too um i've watched odysseus play that i'd never ever thought this game would be a single player game uh, but it is. It's cool. And it seems like it would be good handheld. Uh, it's definitely best on controller on Steam where we play it. 
but that's played up. It's really good. It it really is a a very fun co-op game. It, it's good. F- that is a gamer's game. Where Overwatch is accessible to non-gamers, I don't think Plate Up is. But if you do have people who are down for that kind of thing, um, it's really good. It. Um, it, it gives you lots of ways to feel good about your teamwork when you've got a big kitchen going. So, uh, yeah. So that's a port that's just now on Switch and uh, highly recommended. All right, Violet, back to you. What do you got for us? What do you buy? Oh, let's see. <laughs> I've watched way too much of that. Um, so yeah, my other my other pick is uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. We finally, finally, finally uh, got some more on that. Uh, we'll have to actually watch the video in order to get that release date because I forgot where it was. It's in Discord somewhere. But uh, we finally got a release date again. This is the game that is the Jet Grind Radio, Jet Set Radio Future. Uh, spiritual successor. We've gotten a lot of things that are, you know, homages to it, uh, like Hi-Fi Rush was, but this is it. Like, this is what Sega's not doing, right? Uh, so I cannot wait uh, to get my hands on this game. Finally having a release date is awesome. And just like with Blasphemous, it, this is like the big announcement where we finally got the info we needed. We finally got a release date um, and we see we see here a lot more than just the the traditional grinding on rails and stuff. So um, it looks like this is going to be a much more ample uh, game here. Like you see the phone pop up on the screen uh, and there's messages. So you've obviously got like little little quests and stuff that you actually get to go on um, to make it what seems to be a, a fuller a fuller game than than Jet Set Radio Future ever ever was. So super hyped! It's it's gorgeous. It's Indie, like, I'm done. And the oh, music's yeah. gonna slap. Uh, oh, without a doubt. I knew as soon as I saw the art style, I was like, oh, this music's great. I can't even hear it, and I love it. Dope. Uh, okay, well, Sav, bouncing it back to you. Wait, no, bring that video back. I was enthralled. Oh! <laughs> um. So, I mean, speaking of music, uh, my next one that I have is Rift of the Necro Dancer, which is made, of course, by the same people who did Crypt of the Necro Dancer and also the Crypt of the Necro Dancer <gasps> cadence um, of Hyrule. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, I love, I have, to re- I have to remember the rest of that title because I don't have it written down in the notes somewhere, but I got there. Um, but no, Rift of the Necro Dancer looks so cool. First of all, I love that they have like the no pressure mode where you're not trying to complete the story, where it's basically just rhythm heaven. Because we have me- we've needed a new rhythm heaven for like who knows how long. I don't even know. I try not to think about it because it makes me sad. And now we have it. Of course, it comes with this also like full on kick ass game. Um, and I don't know. I've been on a really big rhythm game kick recently, and this happened to just fall into the timeline at the right moment. So I'm really happy not only that we're getting this, but also that it kind of leans into that sort of rhythm heaven esque like aesthetic with all of the pop art. Um, I really love like the vector pop art that they have going on here. It's very reminiscent of not only Rhythm Heaven, but also like with the WarriorWare games, which I believe like Nintendo has like three different teams. It's like Nintendo Team A, B, and C or something like that. And I think like Team B is responsible for like WarriorWare and Rhythm Heaven because they have a lot of the same like... Can't they be Team M and Team W and it's just the, you know, it's just two rival internal teams that are always competing to one-up each other. Somebody get on. this person. No. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo. 
I'll go knock on some doors tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, there's what you get is what you see. So, like, even though it looks pretty, I mean, it's it's a rhythm game, so it's pretty basic in principle. Um, but it's the execution that it's going to come down to. Yeah, I just checked to be sure because I I didn't rewatch that part of the trailer because I was just too hyped. But uh, it is Danny Baranowski coming back for the soundtrack. <laughs> yes, so, hell yeah! I'm so excited. It, he makes such good shit so it's gonna be so and i'm still fun. mad at team meat i'm still mad at them because the original super meat boy had danny baranowski you know with the soundtrack and i still i listened to i was listening to it yesterday when i was like taking like my little my little uh soaking bath i had like bath salts and the oils and everything it was so nice um not the drug bath salts actual bath salts so <laughs> i think those um, are the same thing it just depends who you're asking really <laughs> you're right <laughs> Okay, I just thought they just called them that. I, I don't nope, know. No, those are that's actually what it is. You know, I'm very chast and innocent. <laughs> anyway, let me just finish this fireball. Um, so <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm so excited. I didn't know that. I was I kind of assumed because like it's a whole franchise affair, um, that Danny B was going to come back, but I I don't know. I'm really glad to hear that. I thought you were um, saying I always you know I always uh, thought that maybe bath salts were the same ones I'm hearing about in the news. Um, those those dang basalt. You know, we're we're breaking news here. We're enlightening people to the horrors of the world, like blasphemous two, and bath salts two, coming to a switch near you. Nintendo definitely would not pick that up. (laughs) I I don't know. Sometimes Nintendo has you know. Sometimes they take on a game that's pretty surprising. I mean, you guys haven't played milk inside a bag of milk yet, so. And I guess they do have that panty fighter on the eShop. Oh, it's only right. Um, okay, well, uh, I tell you what. So so that's Rift of the Necrodancer. Yeah. Um, another one that's on here is Brotato, which uh, I streamed on a roguelike Mondays, I don't know, month or month and change ago. Uh, Brotato is, is a vampire survivors-like. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't really played a bullet hell myself. I haven't gotten my hands on it um, until this one. So I can't say that it's really better or worse than Vampire Survivors. I don't know. But I can tell you that it's fun. And, uh, you know, it's got a Binding of Isis, Binding of Isaac aesthetic. Whew! Man, that was a lot. That was, okay, we got through it. Uh, You know, it has a familiar aesthetic and you're running around, it's a bullet hell game, you're you're in this big arena just trying to uh, dodge enemies and shoot them with weapons that you choose uh, between each round, roguelike style. Um, it, this game is in early access, so I'm actually surprised a little to see it on Switch before 1.0. I don't know if that's common or not. I honestly cannot remember. But uh, it's a good time. Thanks to Shani, who will be playing Pentiment with us tonight, for uh, gifting me that game. That's the only reason I played it in a genre that I have never really touched. Uh, and I'm glad I did. Uh, this game is very good on handheld. It's very good on controllers with joysticks. Um, so I think this would be a really good game to pick up on Switch. Like it's as far as just kind of a mindless roguelike, which is something I'm looking for often. Uh, it's good stuff. That's Brotato. The the icon is a potato wearing like a red Rambo bandana. Um it doesn't it doesn't have the same like bro force uh satirical thing going on. Um but it's good. 
it's a good game. Uh, I think it was like $15 maybe on, on Steam, so I imagine it'll be uh, somewhere between 10 and 20 probably 15 or 20 on on Switch. Uh, that said, it also didn't uh, come with a release date for Switch, by the way. So, oh. so they're, they're just making sure everybody knows by the time it does get to 1.0. Okay, then I might check out... Yeah, it's uh, still baking. Yeah, I might see what time the 1.0 is supposed to be out uh, and see if I can... <laughs> you didn't even get him with it. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, that went completely over my head. Oh, we got to... You got me good. Um... Emotes in chat, everybody. Uh, okay, so <laughs> what else? Uh, I know Chance of Tsunar is cool, but uh, one of you guys can talk about it if you'd like. Um, Cult of the Lamb DLC is cool, uh, but same thing. Have either of you played Cult of the Lamb? I not have yet. not. Uh, then let's see. Looking at this list, what if we what if we do this one I have highlighted? Uh, the, uh, the kitty one. Yes! I wish we had a longer trailer because I just wanted to watch so much more of that game. Um, I have it listed in our in our docs here as Untitled Cat Game because it's giving that same energy, you know, as Untitled Goose Game. And I don't know if it's made by the same people because I didn't look that deep into it. I just know that I want to play this game. Yeah, that's a, it's absolutely Untitled Cat Game. Um, I wonder, I saw that you could like put different hats on and stuff. I wonder if you could actually choose between different like breeds of cat. Like we saw the black cat, but like, can you be a calico? Can you be like Siamese? Can you be a Berman like my Tia Dama, or the, can you be a tuxedo like my Harlow? <laughs> the previous uh, mentions on like Twitter and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure they had at least like five uh, different cat types. So yay! As nice. long as you don't have to be orange, because orange cats are too chaotic. They're crazy. I mean, th that's why you gotta play it, right? You gotta what play is it. Little orange kitty, cat big too. city I mean, is what it's called. It does fit. Yes, little kitty, big city. Yeah. Double Dagger Studio. Here we go. This, is, this is a real trailer. Yeah, give me give me one. Second. Double Dagger. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely untitled dagger game. Um, am I mixed up? Uh, untitled cat game. They showed they showed seriously like. 12 seconds of it during the direct <laughs> where i'm like wait yeah it was part of that montage that you were talking about later um like how they do the montage at the end of the show yeah it was part of that and that i i get so frustrated with that because sometimes they'll show like the best bits in the montage it's just like wait what was that game wait that was like five seconds of that game then i have to go back and it's just oh look at the kitty wow your little oh. kitty lost in the big city Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, untitled cat game. I'm pretty sure I'm going with the shark hat. That that one's like the most adorable. You're a kitty, the you're shark walking cat? around. There's a shark hat. Shark hat, okay. Yeah. My ears are not working. But right you now. could understand why shark cat would come to mind. Shark cat, shark chicks, shark uh What's what's that dog called? What's the Doge called again? You a small dog or a big mouse? <laughs> Shiba Inu, is that right? The Shiba Inu, yes. Shar Sharky Inu, I don't know. Needs needs some more time in the oven with the potato jokes. Uh, but yeah, kitty. Oh look, yeah, <laughs> little kitty, big city. What do you know? 
Um, so yeah, we, we saw all 10 seconds of footage of that uh, during the show. But that looks fun. It looks, uh, you know, it looks like a cozy cat game. And we saw the two developers um, holding a cat talking about the game um, and essentially why they did it. Something that was cool about the Direct is they, they did have um, lots of moments from the dev before whatever game they were talking about. And I think we heard four different languages. We heard English. Um, uh, I think we heard Spanish. I'm pretty sure. I think we heard Spanish. I know there were Span. I know there were Spanish speakers. Uh, we heard uh, Russian. I think you know what. I should go back and look before I am just naming off the wrong countries because I know I'm going to get it wrong. But uh, I really like that they have all the developers on there, so you can see um, what the people are like like they're just regular people um and it gives you an idea of like how much gaming is like an international thing which especially with us versus nintendo you know like nintendo is from japan so it's international by default uh but it's it's nice to see developers spotlighted like the people themselves um from all over the world i love that stuff and i love that that's a thing that's happening with like indie showcases like indie culture um with the with the Summer Games stuff coming up, Summer Games Fest, uh, with Jeff Keighley instead of E3 and all that stuff. It's just a wonderful part of those shows that I really enjoy, uh, especially because I think when older shows like E3 used to do big spotlights that are like 20 minutes long on developers, I liked that stuff, but I think most people just checked out, you know? Um, so anyway, all of that is to say uh, they were very cute people talking about cute cats while holding a cute cat. It was wonderful. It's very cozy. That's Little Kitty Big City. And you know we like the Little People Big World games around here. If Chris was here, he'd probably, he'd probably say he'd play. Uh, we can only guess. Um, then what else? Uh, I think that's just about everything except uh, these last two. Does anybody want to talk about Chance's Sonar? I mean, that one looked really cool. Uh, but I will say the other... Where did... The graphic go uh the my time at porsche devs um oh my time at sandrock there we go sandrock that is that is a shell game if we've ever seen one um we'll definitely have plenty of people in our community uh to play that in the near future when that releases because i mean it's which one my time at sandrock Oh, is that uh, the one that I thought I was like half watching it and I was listening and I was like that those are Stardew Valley sounds. Yeah, is that it, the it's, one? It's exactly what you want. Yeah. Like I they had uh they had something in like the the synthetic guitar twang that I was like, "Bro, that's like exactly the ranch theme from Stardew." Uh, yeah, it's uh in early access as far as PC goes, so it's probably a solid, you know, end of the year uh because I don't, I don't think that we we didn't get a date on the switch, um, but yeah, it's travel to the desert community of Sand Rock and take on the role of a fledgling builder. So obviously, gather resources. Uh, you make machines and stuff to to um, <laughs> apparently make a production facility to grow this town of of Sand Rock. Uh, so it's it's really. It's a little bit more of an evolution of the the Stardew Valley stuff. It's it's gathering resources to move forward in the story itself. Um, I never played my time my time in Porsche, but it, it always looked like really intriguing to me. And that one was a little bit more uh, of the uh, resource and farming and stuff like that. 
but it looks like they really got a lot of a lot of budget from my time at Porsche <laughs> to put towards Sandrock. So it's it looks like it's going to be a really good time. Well, yeah. Uh, looks looks cute. You've got all all these people with massive heads, you know, in a in a cartoon world. Wow, look how big her hair was. How do I get that hair? Oh, I'm jealous. I got to I got to talk to her barber for sure. Um Yeah, when I when I compare it to Stardew, I don't mean to be derogatory. I hope uh you know, I poke fun at a lot of stuff like this, but it's all it's all in good fun. Um there was there was a another game that oh no no somebody linked it to me uh, I'd have to go back so I could thank him I think it was Fuzzy Man Peach who sent me uh, the trailer for a game called Common Hood it's like common apostrophe hood and uh, it's you know it's a survival base building game it's exactly what you would expect it to be there's I don't know if there's like some sort of zombie thing or anything like that but it, it seems like it's very much a slow moving progressive building game because there were like lots of variations of um oh you have this technology and you're going to build this kind of like base with potted plants and all this and later on of course you have hydroponics and crazy uh almost elevators and, and yada yada um but yeah watching these games just always gives it always makes me want to just jump in and base build with a ton of people like we did in sons of the forest you know uh, you go chop some trees, and I'll, I'll lay the foundation over here. We'll put some cannibal heads on spikes. It's going to be great. Uh, not <laughs> not as cozy as the cat game, but, you know, it's a little comfort. Almost. Yeah. Very close. Uh, so let's see. That was uh, my time at Sandrock. We just played the trailer for um, one, uh, I think two more. We've got Chance of... Ch Ch oh, my gosh. Chance of sonar that's c-h-a-n-t-s of sonar um gosh how many times can i say it how embarrassing uh this game has a uh an aesthetic like um sable yep uh gosh i always it's always at the tip of my tongue uh it has an aesthetic like sable and you're running around uh let's see the trailer says uh you are uh it says explore, decode, learn, connect. And those are pretty much all the words that we see basic, like as the player or as the character in this game. Uh, there are characters that talk to each other in this world that you're running around, maybe doing some like minor stealth puzzles and searching and puzzle solving. Uh, but the in-game language is you see these characters talk to each other and you're reading books and stuff. Um, it's all in a fictional language. So uh, much like a game like Hyperlight Drifter, um, I love games like this that are able to tell a story, or Journey is a good example. Uh, they're able to tell a story without using any words. It's all through actions and gestures and illustrations. Um, and I think that's great. I think uh, games like this are accessible for that reason. You know, I, at the beginning, had thought of The Witness, even though this is definitely not The Witness. Um, just the, like, pretty colors you know the, the vibrant colors with uh, a cool environment with minimal characters but no speaking um yeah it seems like a certain type of uh, almost like an escape room adjacent game uh just in you know like uh i guess 
that's not really a good descriptor because I'm also lumping something like inside or limbo in there as well. You're like just exploring a very visually pleasing environment as like a story unfolds with no words. Um, I'll have to come up with a better something something uh, flashy like sovereign shakeup. Uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll work on that a little bit. But uh, yeah, chance of Sonar. Looks cool. Never heard of it before. I'm pretty sure this is a world release. But I'm here for that. September 5th on Nintendo Switch, it says. Uh, yeah, only on the eShop. So cool. That's a good one. And then, uh, what? Uh, I'll just breeze through these. Cult of the Lamb DLC. It looks like more Cult of the Lamb, which is a good thing. That's really all there is to say about that. It just is the Cult of the Lamb that you know and love. Just more of it. Um, which is great. That game, I watched Lizzie play through, I watched my partner play through pretty much all of it, more or less. And then I played through maybe a third of it, maybe just under a half, depending on how you you would count it. I have lots of unlocks in my city, but uh, not a lot of combat. I liked the base management more than I liked the rest of the game, but the rest of the game was good too. It was just my favorite part. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm like not far in the story at all. But I got a sick base, a sick cult. You know how it is. Um, yeah, Cult of the Lamb's rad. So more DLC is more good game. Go play it. Uh, cult of the Lamb is also a very good handheld game. So I would really recommend that on Switch or Steam Deck. 100%. Um, and then uh, I think that's it, right? I think that that's the last of them. Oxen Free 2 is so. in there. Uh, that looks cool. Games. It's like Oxen Free 1. last one on our list, I think. But um, yeah. Cool. Um, awesome. So yeah, you've been uh, showcased, baby. Um, yeah, lots of good games. Lots and lots of good stuff. Lots of indies really is my favorite part uh, across the whole the whole show today. We've discussed a whole lot of indies. There's so much to choose from and we're, we're still like ramping up to be in indie season. You know, like we had talked about April being the time uh, that all these games were going to drop that we saw last year at either E3 or the Game Awards. And we're seeing a lot of that now, but we're seeing even more trailers roll out, uh, more ports across platforms. You know, this is... Indie just keeps... You know, it's heyday just keeps getting better and better, I think. Now, with two handheld devices, we've got a lot more community members uh, who have Steam Decks firsthand as well. Uh, so with those and the push to have more games with multiplayer, with crossplay. Uh, we're doing all right, you know? Even uh, Discord integration's been better, too, so even more ways to play. We're barely a month away from Summer Game Fest. Yeah, baby. Stop it. Don't let my wallet hear you say that. <laughs> month and a half. That's going to be good. Everybody keep an eye out for a big watch party in our Discord. Uh, I forget which day of the week that is, but I plan on being around all day. Uh, it'll be a whole day affair, and if you're somebody who's looking... Uh, to to be excited, find reasons to be excited about indie games. It's a Thursday. Hey, that's my day off. What do you know? We should that's we should host a podcast on that day. That's incredible. Um, perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, yeah. Well, wonderful. Okay. Looking forward to whole whole lot of game stuff in the next couple months. So lots of reasons to be excited. Okay. Well, that's a wrap for uh, the main part of the show. After this, we're going to play some Pentiment with our community with Shanty Pack, Deadpool, and Hot Rod, our regular uh, community members, our party members, if you will. 
Uh, what else have we got? We've got some stuff on the horizon, just things that I'm excited for, uh, looking forward. We're uh, a little over a couple, maybe three weeks away from uh, uh, the 1.0 release of Darkest Dungeon. I continue to see more updates as that gets closer. I'm excited uh, to play that. I'm sure I'll play that on um, our Monday roguelike stream when that comes up, so so check that out. Uh, you can find uh, a bunch of VODs on YouTube, kind of, but uh, really the best place if you want to um, experience the videos that we've been talking about, uh, either stuff that I have played or stuff that Sovereign has played, um, check out or check us out here on Twitch. That's Party Invite Show is our channel here. Sovereign's is Sovereign Sid, uh, also here on Twitch.tv. Thanks for everybody who's joined us so far. So we'll, we'll take a break here in a minute. But uh, yeah, let us know uh, here in chat or online in the future, uh, you know, what made you smile this week? What uh, from the Nintendo Direct got you excited? What's on the horizon? Um, we got we got good vibes abound. Spring's here. Uh, oh, you know what? I didn't even mention if Chris was here. Uh, go, check, go check out his VOD from Tuesday. He played uh, Wild Frost, a uh, pretty difficult... Uh, roguelike a card a deck building roguelike that that seems pretty rad uh it was kind of funny reading the steam reviews on those because half the reviews were like whoa this game's too hard and the other half were like everyone else on steam is a whiny baby <laughs> uh it's just a stark contrast uh but it was a, it was a great stream chris handled uh the game like a champ really enjoyed uh watching and listening it's got a really interesting soundtrack it's got lots of songs in seven eight which a lot of video games don't have. Um, and it, it kind of a uh, little bit reminded me of uh, uh, One Step into one step to Eden that we played that's inspired by the Mega Man Battle Network game. Um, which so just recently released on Nintendo Switch Online. Hey, there you and go. And comes with online capabilities. So beat your friends up. Full circle. Uh, so cool. Yeah, let us know uh, what you guys are excited for. And thank you for sticking around for the show. Uh, before we leave, I did want to give out that last shout out to Casey Game On. Um, since they will be having that land party this weekend, I will be posting a link in chat, um, so you can see all the events that are going on, like all the tournaments and things like that. And um, yeah, I mean, visit visit the website, visit the Discord. I mean, they're also a welcoming community that is, you know, trying to get the the people together, which is something that we're always all about on Party Invite. So, um, yeah. Check yeah, out, check, check us out, out uh, partyinvite.games and on Discord, discord.gg slash partyinviteshow. All right, everybody, I've been Tegan. This is Vilos, and that's Sovereign. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll have more to talk about after the show, but we'll catch you next Thursday. Bye! Bye! Bye.